Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 109 of The Hungry Gamers. I am your incredibly humble host, Salim Abraham, and I'm joined today by uh, the best of the four other hosts of this podcast now, five other hosts of this podcast now. Which host do I have on the line here? <laughs> Cola, you're alive. I'm listening. <laughs> Um, wouldn't it be three hosts, one rotating chair? Hi, this is Miss Sally Hart. Thank you. Professional uh, provider of SAS. Um, <laughs> everything else you said was not important. I just needed your name. Oh. Um, jokes, jokes, jokes. Uh, we are of course powered by 8-Bit and Audio Technica. I'm pretty sure I missed that bit, even though I made a point of writing it down. You were very uh, organized with that. It's, it's unfortunate. I'm no good. I'm really no good at introing the show. Maybe if Brendan's going to miss shows from now on, he should pre-record the intro. It's <laughs> just his little zazzy start. Well, hey, I've, yeah. got, I've got nothing to say because I've never hosted a show because I'm just, I, I'm not ready for that. I'm here to bring the zingers and to like, prof- you know, the profanity, the crudeness. We and... throw the ball to you. You take a knife, stab the ball, and then mm-hmm. you throw the empty little uh, pigskin back. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what, what I do. That's how you roll. I like Throw that. The old we should if if you want to intro the show, you can record your intro and send it through to us. Um, this is happening. I <laughs> don't give a shit. Uh, so actually, if you want to intro the show, record a little snippet, send it through to hello at eight bit or reach out to us on the Twitter and let us know how you can Dropbox that to us. We're bad at it. Anyway. Uh, Brendan's like, you- I've been gone one episode and now we have a new thing. We have a I'm new turning stick. this show on its fucking head and it is about time. Um, no, uh, Brendan isn't with us. He is jet-setting around uh, lovely New Zealand, I believe, New Zealand. right now. He's yeah. over, I don't know if he's in North Island. I don't know if he's in South Island, but I know that he's in one of the islands. Do you have any idea? chilly down there. I- I've yeah. got no idea where the islands are and where... What city? I think Wellington's in the north, right? Am I wrong? Uh, oh my god, this is awful. I have no idea. I'm probably gonna get smacked by a few Kiwis after hearing you, this. You know what I do know? My um, my good friend just came back from New Zealand, and she told Ooh. me that they have like six hour days. Like the sun is only up for like six or eight hours. I don't know how I feel about that because I'm like a chicken. Like a chicken only wakes up when the sun rises, and then when the sun sets, the chicken goes to bed. I'm yeah. very much like that. So a six-hour day just sounds dangerous to me. I could be You're driving right. home and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, bedtime. Yeah, but like put it this way, lots of sleep. Lots of sleep if that's how you live. No, I don't, I don't think that's how I live. I don't think I run on a lot of sleep. The person that wakes really? up every morning at 5 a.m., yeah. I'm needing more and more as I get, get on. In, in And it's not even get on in years. It's like get on this year. Like we're six <laughs> months in this year. Don't and get I think at the start of the year I was... I was good with like five, six hours. Now I'm like getting nine hours and still tired. Still tired. It's only going to get worse. I'm going to hibernate like a bear. 
I think. Eventually. Well, it is the cold season, so make sure you uh, save your nuts and sleep for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, Ali, I've been saving these nuts for years. Uh, <laughs> mate, what have you been playing? Oh boy. Um, so I tried to like mix it up a bit because in all honesty, I, all I have been playing is the hunter, but you guys have heard that a bunch of times now. So, um, still shooting animals in the asshole, still, still getting really good at it. I am now the bear hunter, just so you all know, I am good at killing bears. Um, however, I have been playing Octopath Traveler. Uh, they had a demo on the switch, um, just for yes. like yeah, just for the intro of that game being released on the Switch, and it's good because you save does move over to when the game's released. Um, I gave this game a risk because like I don't usually play these kind of games, like your little like sixteen bit RPG kind of things. Um, but I know someone someone I follow on Twitter is actually a big fan of it. I can't remember who it is now, and I'm probably gonna get sassed for it. But um, no, I thought you. Me? Why would I deserve sass? Um, yeah, you deal the sass. You don't I take deal that it, sass. Yeah, supply. But I decided to play it. So far, so good. Like I'm actually really impressed with how they've incorporated the old school, like 16-bit 2D kind of like style. And but then it's just it's it's very like they they call it 2D HD, I think. Um, and it's it's just very. It actually holds up. It holds up. I'm not really thrown off by it, or you know. Disinterested, disinterested by it. Um, in regards to gameplay, uh, you get to select a character at the start. And I went through all the different characters, and then I saw that there's this one, and she's a dancer slash whore. Um, and I'm like, yes, wow, wow, yes, I that is definitely the character. Primrose <laughs> is her name, right? And then I'm like, yeah, I'll play the whore. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, <laughs> joking. Um, and then you go into it, and then it just turns out like. It's not spoilers, it starts off. And so it turns out that her father gets, like, killed when she's a little girl. And for some reason, hooking in life, so being a dancer for money. I'm pretty sure she has sex, too. That's what I'm getting from this story. Is, like, that, is that implied? Or is that yeah, I think it is implied. Cause... That's a little bit of spice you're throwing on the narrative to keep yourself interested. <laughs> Look, people can prove me wrong, but when you, you're calling someone your master and he's telling you, you know, to go, you know, uh... and your ability is to allure... Um, yeah, this game was definitely... Yeah. I, I, I think I just chose the most random character. That This was not the story that I was anticipating when I played this, but I'm all for it. I'm I'm absolutely all in for this. Um, so you start off as a dancer for, like, some big bad guy who runs a tavern, and he's got all these other girls. So he's got his girls and stuff like that, but you're his favourite. And then he continues to, like, really, uh, you know beat you down like lit- literally beat you down and then talking about how if you're a good you know a good girl then you know you'll be treated well and stuff like that and then you should go to his cabin once you know you're done dancing for the night and I'm just like holy shit like I was expecting some magical friggin fantasy journey where I was gonna go to far off lands and that's right that I, yeah, I'm I'm getting full SVU right here. Like this is some Law and Order shit. Mm. So um, this is this is the before opening credits Law and Order bit. Yeah, where they show is... all the things that lead up until your Primrose's murder. Exactly. These are yeah. my stories. Um, <laughs> and then like once you you got a lot of like you know disposition at the start anyway that you've got to kind of click through. Um, 
And then just before when you actually go into like adventure mode and fighting mode, um, I was just playing around with my ability, which is allure. So, you know, you kind of like give a wink and then a blow a kiss and allure any character. And just before I, yeah, well, just before I went to go and, you know, chase someone away into a dungeon or whatever, um, I thought, oh, hang on, let me see if it works on women. <laughs> so there's this old woman next to me and I use my ability on my allure. And, um, and she goes, yeah, all right, I'm king. And then I'm like, nice. oh, shit. Yeah, well, I'm, sh- I'm like, shit, what do I do with her? Because usually you take them to the tavern. The tavern was closed off because my mission was telling me to go in the cave. I'm like, all right. And I can't get rid of her. So I'm like, all right. So next thing you know, I've got this old lady chasing after me, like as I chase another guy. And then, tell but it, then. Oh. Tell her your apartment's getting painted. Is there a just reference? Tell her, no, no, you just can't go back to your place because your apartment's getting painted. <laughs> is, this, is, this some, is this a line that people use? This is this is a line this is a line I, I use unsuccessfully. Uh like, I don't want you to get high on my fumes. Yeah. <laughs> well, where are you going if the apartment's getting painted? I have no idea. Her place presumably. It's never worked out that way though. <laughs> we'll we'll figure out a new line for you. Yeah, um <laughs> So but the best thing is is because she is chasing you or she is with you the whole time or the you know, whoever you've done it to, when you do hit a fight, turns out you can summon them. So you can be like, hey, I know I was promising some action, but this wasn't the action you were looking for. But can you hop in and do some fighting with me? And they do it. So it actually worked out. Old lady kind of helped me beat some demons. Nice. Real nice old lady. Yeah. So, so far, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, it sounds like it sounds like you got far, but also not really. No, yeah. Like, <laughs> I took a few steps to- forwards, but definitely took a, like, a backflip. So this, um, is the, um, this is the Square Enix title. Mm-hmm. I... I didn't see anything about this game before E3, um, which I, I, it was on, and it was I, it was definitely on Square Enix's um, uh, little little stage show. Um, yeah, I it think was just this, a tiny little trailer. Yeah, I think this is like a revisiting anyway. Um, like I said, I've never played it, and I'm not really into those games. Like, um, what was the other one that they kind of like brought back? Is it um, Legend of Mana? Is that what it's called? Where yeah. it's kind of... Yeah. So I think it's like... I think all those are kind of coming back and they're coming back onto the Switch as well, which makes sense. Like the Switch is probably yeah. the perfect platform for those kind of games. It's um, where they can get away with the art style, I think. I think so, it's, yeah. It's very hard to... <laughs> yeah, like, it's very like, hard get to justify with it. doing it. Yeah, it's very hard to justify <laughs> doing it on like a, a, on an Xbox One or a, or yeah. a PS4. Um, yeah. But I, I saw it on... At, at, E3, I, I saw the trailer for it. I thought it was very, uh, very typical Bandai Namco title. Uh, Square Enix title, sorry. Yeah. Like <laughs> what? what? Uh, yeah. Very typical Square Enix title. And it looked like it, it looked like every kind of Final Fantasy game on mm. the Game Boy Advance, like every Ivalice sort of generation of Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And just hearing the way you're talking about, <laughs> your, uh, about Primrose and that character, I was actually just trying to think of a... An empowered female lead in a, in a <laughs> Square Enix game, and I I took me a while. I eventually got to Terra from Final Fantasy Six, I want to say, um, but fuck me, it took me a long way there. For like every one of them, there's like a thousand others that are totally subservient to men in these mm-hmm. games. Yeah, pretty much. But this one was like really just like in your face of like I'm a dancer for money. 
Like her whole yeah. thing is like <laughs> her whole thing is avenging her father. So she has to go to the deep dark underbellies to find these people, these assassins or whatever. But I just I appreciate that she. Oh, oh no, actually, there's a quick scene. Like she has a lot of like problems. She has a lot of problems to be honest. She has like flashbacks and everything. But she has a flashback where she's dancing in front of her dad. Because she saw a little, a little girl in the street talking about how she wanted to be a dancer, and there's like, oh, that's an uncivilized job, and and I'm just like, like, so she she went down this route, I, like. I'm really wondering if this is just your interpretation of this person, <laughs> like, if no! it's just a very innocent, like, the dancer is a um, the dancer in JRPGs is a very, uh, it's like a staple class almost, like warrior or mage. Dancers are a class. I couldn't um, pick that in D and D. I don't think. No, it's uh, like JRPGs. It's just an like, RPGs. Sorry. Oh, I said just an RPGs. Yeah, or just yeah, JRPGs. Yeah. J- I think JRPGs more than Western RPGs. Um, okay. I think like a bard. It's kind of like a bard, but anyway, whatever. Uh, Moves the those point, hips. Point is, yeah, I think it's kind of. I don't want to say it's like more innocent because of that, because it's still creepy. Like what you're saying is very cool. If anyone, has I really like a, want people to back me up on this one. I like I know what, I'm I provocative and I know I'm a little crude. I know I'm like the crudest person in the room, but please believe me that this is exactly where the story is going. Well, let's say if anyone else has a different interpretation of Primrose's, uh, what Sorry. sounds like opening five minutes, uh, please, <laughs> please write in. Please write in and let me know. I'm, I'm just <laughs> more impressed that I took a game style that I don't normally ever play and I went in there and I just, I found that character. I found that yeah. particular character. I probably could have found, all the other ones were probably just fine. Like, you know, people avenging things and being warriors or educated people. And no, yeah. I picked the whore. The whore. There are there are eight characters to choose from. I think that's why it's yeah. called Octopath. Is that correct? I think there were uh, eight. I didn't count as I scrolled through them. But the other characters were like a bunch of pretty boys, and I don't know. She just stop. seemed appealing. I liked everyone else. Look like your token, like you know, adventurer. Variety, and then there was JRPG characters. Yeah, this, just the this sprites. Primrose looks like uh, Princess Jasmine, like when she's like Slave Jasmine, which is the best kind of uh, Disney hey, princess, mind you. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I was like, she doesn't even look like she should be adventure. All right, I choose her, and yeah, and then Here and apparently, are. yeah, that this is where I'm at. So I'm gonna keep playing it because I just want to see how many people I can actually allure um, to fight for me. Um, <laughs> but I think for a free demo. I, th- I think it's actually good value. Um, I think you get three hours with it. So it'll do it. It's on a three hour timer. And yeah, if you save and you decide to keep playing, then everything um, saves over. So nice. win, win. Well, um, keep us posted. Maybe I will. Maybe I will um, keep you posted with my whorish ways. Good old Primrose. Um, <laughs> may- will I avenge my dad or will I just lap dance my way to freedom? Who knows? Um, I've also been playing... Uh, hmm. I don't know what this is going to say about me. I've also been playing Prison Architect. Um, yeah, I like Prison Architect. Oh, so you've played Prison, Archi- Prison Architect. Prism? I have played Prison, Prison Architect. Prison Architect. Yeah. Um, this is like one of those games where I'm sure a lot of people don't understand why people find enjoyment in it because it's it's definitely my kind of game in the sense of like structure, organization. You know, there are there are clear goals. 
right? There are very clear objectives and there's a very clear metric for failure if the motherfuckers get out. Well, yeah. That's (laughs) that's the failure. So... That's that's your that's your first line of failure. Like there's there's certain levels of failure with that game, and as as I've played it more and more and more, my current one is actually to reduce my um, sorry, the return rate, like the <laughs> the likelihood of them, you know, getting out of prison and then coming back in. The repeat offenders. That's right, um, and I'm sitting at fourteen percent, which I think is pretty good. Yeah, it's not ninety. <laughs> it's not no it isn't 90 you're right it's it's 76 percent lower than that in fact which is a huge uh decrease from 90 well done oh, and thank you. uh and what are the reformed inmates doing with their lives i wonder uh well i don't know because i do get emotionally really invested back. well yeah, right. i do i do get emotionally invested in some especially if they have weird looking characters and then yeah. i'll follow them to their parole meeting and i'm sitting there waiting and it's like no they don't they didn't get parole and i'm like oh Maybe but next then, time, John. Yeah, yeah. And then I see that he takes a job in the kitchen and he graduates. And I'm like, yes. That's him. That's him. <laughs> um, but then you then have the involved, assholes that are digging he's involved tunnels. in it like a bad shiving incident. You're just like, come on, John. What are you doing, John? And like, and I don't have any understanding of basic like prison security, so I don't understand why. Um, when the fight broke out, why one of my security guards were allowed to shoot one of the inmates to death. I don't understand why that was allowed, but it happened in the kitchen. Probably just needed to restore order. Also, there are knives in the kitchen. I don't know, Ali. I don't understand the prison system in real world, so I can't tell you how it works in a game. I don't understand it too. But I try to keep them happy. A lot of free time. They're very happy with the warmth. I can tell you that. They're happy with the warmth and the clothing. I I can confirm that. They're just... The weirdest meter that you have to gauge is their freedom meter. (laughs) Which I think is a bit of a, like, a double-edged sword like what like yeah i want them to want freedom but they're in prison <laughs> i don't understand why that gauge exists well you, you don't want them you don't want them turning out like your boy from shawshank redemption where he gets out but he doesn't know how to live in society it's been too damn long he doesn't understand the world he's in now and then he i forget his name but he carves his name in right next to where he hangs the rope Oh, so Morgan Freeman's character? Uh, no, the other guy. No, it's it's like a it's a supporting. Oh no, character. yeah, the little old man. Yeah, little old man. Yeah, he's been oh, in like jail yeah. for like I don't know, fifty years or something. His whole world's gone by. Um, that's really sad, actually. I don't want to reflect that. Was on that was a really I like, sad. <laughs> I like the way we're we're talking to prison warden Ali Hart, Miss Ali Hart, right now. Um, and I actually have a heart though, like a heart of gold with these prisoners. I. Definitely take all my knowledge from Oz, watching Oz. You're just a dancer with a heart of gold. I love it. I'm a dancer with a heart of gold. The whore of a heart of gold. They went into, you know, the security system. (laughs) You can't write this magic, people. You can't. You bloody can't. But um, I'm doing well. Like, I've actually got my save file for Prison Architect as um, prison that's actually doing good. And that is actually what, like, the save file is called. Just so when I go back to it, I know which prison to play as prison that's actually doing good no one's prison broken D free underscore g no one's broken free now again no. and that is the true measure measure of success for a prison mm-hmm. nice one so what have you been playing well um i'll start with the sort of new thing that i've been trying which is path of exile oh yes oh, yes yes i've been hearing this, the boys talking about this one this is a very dense game 
Um, I started watching a few Twitch streamers play it. And when you just watch someone else play it, particularly when they're high level, it doesn't really look very complicated. It just looks mm-hmm. like a lot of running and a lot of things dying often. Um, so if you ever play Diablo 2, it's effectively Diablo 2, but they just dialed it right up to 11. Um, so you have like a whole range of classes. Mm-hmm. And then each of those classes, because of how wide the skill tree is, um, and it is huge, like you should actually Google this thing right now. It's unbelievable. Um, you can actually, from that class, create various sort of subclasses. Um, it's very specific, like very specific combinations of traits that you mm-hmm. pick up on that thing will get you this kind of playable character. Um, okay. but you just like Google, I mean, I'm a jewelist. So if you Google jewelist builds POE, you'll get hundreds or well, not hundreds, but like, you know, a whole bunch, like tens of different ways to build that character. A lot of them are the same with different variations, but there's like a lot of different kinds. Um, it's just crazy. And then I, it plays again a lot like Diablo too. So it's kind of like this, um, isometric map where you're just running across it. Um, I don't know if it's procedurally generated like Diablo 2 was. Diablo 2 was mm. um, particularly like the dungeons. They're always different. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not that far ahead. Like I haven't really mucked around with it too much to know that just yet. But it's definitely... And I think the guys who were a part of Diablo 2 are a part of this. I, fucking, I feel like I heard that somewhere. Oh. Yeah, I feel like they're involved somehow in making this game. Okay. It's entirely free. And what? Yeah, it's completely free. And it's crazy. Like, it is actually crazy how amazing this oh. game is for free. Free. Okay, so if it's free, so what, where's the cost element? Where are they getting the money? Skins? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't quite looked at that yet. I'm sure there's probably mm. some in-game operational stuff that you can do maybe around, like, character transfers and designs that might cost money. Mm. Um, there is definitely a... Um, like a sort of market for buying gear. But that is, as far as I can see, player to player. Uh, okay. That's not like player to game. So you're not buying the gear from the game, you're buying it from other players. And you can sell your gear as Ooh. well. You sell it for cents, you know what I mean? But you can still sell it. Um, It's cool. And apparently it's very deep. Apparently oh. it's quite, um, like there's so much shit to do. And the reason there's a lot of hype around it now is because they've just, dropped a whole bunch of new content in there um so So just like open world adventure kind of yeah you're you're i mean you're exiled this is and i'm like really not good with did you take a path there though i did (laughs) i wound up on a beach uh here's here's what i can tell you this is like this is my my guy my guy winds up on a beach next to a corpse uh, I move the corpse and find a sword and then the corpse becomes a zombie and I kill the zombie and then I have to make my way across a beachfront killing other zombies until I make um, my way into like a town where there's refuge. I speak to a lady. She says some things to me and then I'm on my way again. And that's kind of how I like get through this game. Um, I have no idea about lore. I couldn't tell you a single goddamn thing about what's going on in there, but it is fun. But it is fun. I mean, that's fair. I appreciate that it's like every other game that's coming out with all the zombie modes. Am I right, people? Gamers? Uh, eh, gamers, what's up with being a gamer these days? All these zombies, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, 
Where are all the zombies? This is, it's, it's Path of Exile. Am I thinking of another game? Divinity. Is, is it kind of like Divinity? Because that's what that's the kind of vibes I'm getting from it. Divinity um, original. Sin- I think fucking... it's not. No, I think Divinity is turn-based. I believe. Yes. I believe Divinity is turn-based. And I Divinity is very complex. So. Apparently Divinity is a lot like um, playing D&D. Uh, uh, yes, that your, is what the yeah your options suggested. Oh yeah, that's right because that's what he rolls in, isn't it? Oh yeah, all deep in that D and D. Yeah, uh, that's actually on my to do list. Someone mentioned to me the other day that they would like to play D- uh, Divinity uh, with me. Ah. And, yeah, uh, and it wasn't NATO. Thanks NATO for not inviting me to the game. You love playing so much. Guess who's not getting invited to my birthday party this year? The other game I was playing at McDonald's. He is at McDonald's, motherfucker. No, your birthday party's at McDonald's. I just it is at McDonald's. Kiddish. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm ice cream cake. God, that was fun and cheap. Do they do that um, anymore? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. They were doing those birthday parties at North Parramatta McDonald's when they were like, after every Eels game, there would always be a fight at North Parramatta McDonald's. It was kind of like just this agreed to thing. And it was usually between Parramatta Eels people. Um, but they would have kids parties like while there were Eels games going. They didn't give a shit. So I guess so. Like if you can throw a party then, you can throw a party anytime. Sounds about uh, right. The other game um, is World of Warcraft. I'm actually, I might like it's Blizzard has its hooks so deep in me. It is ridiculous right now. Like I just bought um, Battle for Azeroth, the expansion. So I've pre-purchased uh, yep. it which gives me access to the new class, uh, sorry, the new races. There are four new races um, that you can select from when the game starts or earlier if you have the requirements to get each of those classes, like the different reputation requirements and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you also get to like level um, a character like immediately to max level at the moment, which is 110. Uh, so I did that with the Druid. So now I've got two level 110 characters uh, and I've got a whole plan for these guys. These guys are going to take over the whole world of yeah. Warcraft. Uh, one of them is going to like do all the bitch work, which is like, <laughs> not the bitch, but the grunt work. He's actually the legs of the operation. He's the <laughs> one out there making moves. He's doing all the mining and he's doing all the, the herb gathering, the herbalism stuff. That's my druid. Uh, right, and when okay. he's, Drug dealer. Yeah, basically, basically. Uh, <laughs> but when... Uh, he's not doing that. His name's Gatherer. Uh, when Gatherer is not doing that, he's a healer. And I haven't played a healer class before. And I'm actually really excited to give that a proper try. In, in BFA, apparently, it's really good. So I'm excited for that. But then he's given all that stuff to my main guy, my Death Knight. And my Death Knight's, my Death Knight's the one who's actually making things. He's the hands of the operation. He's making shit with this, uh, the ore and the herbs. So um, that's the plan. Now... Obviously, from there, I'm going to earn a lot of gold. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to be able to play WoW for free because you can mm-hmm. purchase game time with gold. And then when I play WoW for free, I'm going to take all that money that I'm saving on not spending on subscriptions, which at the moment is like 13 or 14 bucks a month or whatever it is. I'm going to mm-hmm. invest. And you know how I'm going to invest in Ali? What? I'm going to invest in me because I am my most important commodity. And that's what you should all do. I have no idea where I'm going with this. But the point is... Fuck me, Blizzard has its hooks in me. I cannot believe it. Like, I'm playing hours and hours and hours. I've got, like, the apps on my phone. I'm doing, like, I'm sending all my guys out on missions. Um, like, while I'm at work, I'm making very strategic decisions Wait, about who does how? what. They've got, like, a 
They've got like a, um, every class has like a class hall and it's instanced just for your character. And the whole mm-hmm. idea is that your character is kind of the savior of the story and all of these followers start to follow you and you can send them out on missions and they get you um, like rewards and stuff, little things. But over time, obviously it builds up to, to you know, substantial rewards. Um, mm. So yeah, so my boys are out there fighting the good fight. Is there some kind of like God complex playing well or...? No, no, not quite. It, uh, I think. <laughs> no. I feel, I feel like I'm being used. Uh, kind of. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't that know. But I, I like. There are days where I'm like, I'm just gonna pack up my whole computer. There's a whole world out there that isn't inside of this machine, and my God, Ooh. it's beautiful. And I want to be part of that world. Mm. And then I step outside and I pull out my phone and I get told that one of my followers is back. I'm like, where the fuck is he going next? And I like bring up all the available <laughs> missions. I'm like, where is he going to go next? And I realize that that's just taken over. Um, oh, no. Don't worry about the world outside. It's a terrible, terrible place. You are safe. You are warm in front of your PC. I Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about the game, really. Like, I'm, I think I'm a little addicted at the moment, so... Um, take take this with like a small pinch of salt but the game has so much content to get through like there is so many things you can do I'm doing like my professions when I'm doing my professions I'm doing my pet battles which is kind of like Pokemon fights and when I'm okay. not doing my Pokemon fights I'm raiding when I'm not raiding I'm you know looking at my next character and what they're gonna do and like it could go on forever there are things in the game that I didn't even know existed until I started like looking and like one of them is this thing called the Brawler's Guild, which is like this series of fights you do um, where it's just one-on-one inside of this pit with a bunch of different characters, not like they're all NPCs. You get this sick mount when you finish it. Now I've got this sick mount. It's like a basilisk. I'm rolling around on a goddamn basilisk. I love this game. Like when you said it was a Brawler's Guild, I just thought like that it was a half-naked men just having to like roll around in a room. No, 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 no. This isn't, this is an Octopath Traveler. Um, this is World of Warcraft, Dally. There's a, there's a level of <laughs> Much more that, serious game, yeah, Dally, Blizzard, please. Yeah, Blizzard aren't known for <laughs> zany antics like that. Um, anyway, I don't want to like bore people. It's obviously a really old game. I'm just, uh, I can't say enough good things about playing this game right now. And I think it's about where I am in gaming at the moment, where mm-hmm. I am as a gamer. It's like, I, I'm so ready to compete and just to like i don't know take it there's like a a level of seriousness that comes with playing games like wow um where it's like you do this to be the best sort of at what you do like most people do it for better gear they do it for like to be you know in the best guilds doing Mm high-end raids and shit like that's where i'm at that's where i am yeah really productive way to spend all my days i guess actually i want to quickly ask are you still playing pokemon go uh, I'm not not playing it uh, in that I'm not oh. consciously deciding to not play it. I just, uh, for whatever reason, I'm not playing it. Okay. Yeah, That's I'll happily open it that. up. That's yeah. a long way around saying, yes, I've stopped playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have stopped. Uh, wh- okay. Why do you ask, though? I only just asked because they um they release like the friend codes and everything like that. And I've, I've noticed now slowly appearing on my Twitter feed all these, like, you know... Friend codes? Yeah, secret players kind of just popping up saying like, oh, here's my Pokemon friend code. Like, that's funny. I don't recall seeing you talking about Pokemon. So I, um, 
not don't ask me how but i was going through my twitter feed and there's a person on my twitter feed um her name's zoe and she's all into like pokemon go and Mm -hmm. she posts some of the most fantastic photos of her pokemon in like ar shots where they're out in the wild like she actually takes some time and you know puts it together quite nicely and i always get so mad when i see this shit because for the life of me i've never ever been able to get an ar shot to work i doesn't matter where i am like you know when you go to catch you can turn on like i could go to catch and i'm just waving my phone around like an idiot trying to find where the pokemon is and then like a little thing pops up saying you know flat surface blah blah so i'm like okay very flat surface nothing fucking nowhere these pokemon are nowhere and then you switch it back to normal mode and it's like right there and you're like that so, just sounds like a connectivity issue. <laughs> yeah, it could, uh, it could be. It's like everywhere, though. I've tried it in like various different places. Mm. I'm convinced it's just, it's. It, I think it's a race thing. Uh, I don't want to go oh. right out there and say it, but uh, I think it's a race thing. I, I guess it could be. Yeah. What it's racist towards, I'm not sure, but mm, I've got a good feeling about this. I'm usually right like about it. these things. I like it when I do it and it's in my food. That's when I'm at my most happiest. <laughs> oh, that makes me upset. I want that. Why? I want that joy it's of so seeing cute. the dumb Pokemon in my food and then just then you take dumb anyway, alright. Uh Zoe, keep that <laughs> shit up if you're listening. And um yeah. I guess that's that's everything I've been playing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh should we do the news? This week's news headlines. Okay, so um slow news week tends to happen after e3 i think um yeah yeah it's a lot of like updates or this game came out or this you know so it's kind of like hey you know this is all this kind of stuff that you were expecting anyway e3 yeah. told you so yeah um first cab off the rank tonight uh ubisoft games are political says the ceo just not the way you think um now i'm gonna have a stab at this guy's name but i'll let you lead this one in i think his name is eve guillermo it is eve guillermo really why be yeah it's eve no yeah 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 it's like uh like eve saint laurent 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 i can't say that properly but you know who i'm talking about i do not okay all right well they know who i'm talking about (laughs) you know who i'm talking about right nod your head okay thank you (laughs) thank you audience members Oh, so Ubisoft CEO Q U say it. Eve Guillermo uh, mm-hmm. answers recent criticisms that the company has been dodging the political implications of its game, saying they give players the tools to explore issues themselves. Uh, as a quote, uh, "Our goal in all games we create is to make people think." He says. We want to put them in front of questions that they don't want to always ask themselves automatically. We want players to listen to different opinions and to have their own opinions. Our goal is to give all the tools to the players in order for them to think about the subjects, to be able to see things from far uh, far enough away. So pretty much this is spawning from um, the Division 2. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of... Um, like a lot of people saying that you know Division Two is very politically um, influenced, as well as like other Ubisoft games. Um, because, you, know, you can look at like some Far Cry games that are very um... uh, Watch Dogs. Yeah, that too, because I, I never played that one. But they're suggesting that sometimes uh, Ubisoft kind of, kind of sometimes goes for it, and then kind of takes a step back, saying, "Oh no, we're not talking. We're not doing any political stance." 
um, or no specific. Well, that's what the CEO is saying now. He's saying we don't take any specific political stance. We pretty much, you know, we give you a puzzle and, you know, how you decipher it, that's on you. Like, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's very cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um, what what specifically about the Division 2? Because I didn't play the Division and all... I can seem to pull from the top of my memory is the trailer or the, sorry, all the stuff we saw at E3 recently. And they're talking about how there was like an epidemic, not, not, yeah, an epidemic from um, yeah. the, the dollar bills or something. There was like a virus, people wiped yeah. out, populations so, decimated. Yeah, um, like essentially like some kind of like terrorist attack where like, you know, like biochemical um, disease was kind of spread around kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think think just from sort of the world that it's setting up it um like really it's your choices your moral choices about what you do and don't do in certain situations and how the game um sort of incentivizes those decisions like i i actually um really don't know where the criticism comes from here like well i i I, I think it's it's because a lot of people um so with uh division two apparently like this is like you know first of all you're in um, Washington so you know mm. you're near the cap uh, the capital she says with her lack of knowledge of American history and uh, political yeah right places of interest yeah. um but you know it's set there and the whole thing is is I think the addition that there's actually some like I, th- I believe like some kind of internal um like 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 not army but like some kind of like counter counter unit that will be going against your kind of more like your, your division group so i think there's like in, in the implication of like government getting involved in this you know yeah, the, yeah. there's like there's questions around the setting like uh mm-hmm. because it's washington um mm-hmm. and washington dc specifically um mm-hmm. and the article also goes on to say um this is a guardian article we're reading um, the article also goes on to sort of talk about how, you know, as a group of rebels, you also take on a, a Christian militia, um, which, oh, you know, when you, I, like, again, I see the criticism because there are parallels, particularly in the last 12 months in America, there are very clear parallels um, mm. with some shit that's happening over there. But at the same time, this is not very different from like Far Cry 5, I think. I'm sure, yeah, like, the I tone think, of Far Cry yeah. 5 is very different. It's also, uh, like, it's a lot more um, satirical. But uh, you're still absolutely, like, you know, getting deep in the sort of red state. Um, mm-hmm. on, what do you call it? Like, not law, but, like, just that that yeah, lifestyle. Like, yeah. I, I, it's not a fucking lifestyle. What do you call it? Red state. Like, that whole, I don't know, thing. You know what I'm talking about. Everyone knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, like it's, it's there's generally like the flyover states where you know there's a general concept of the. Well, though it wasn't really much much about like like being uneducated, but more yeah. being influenced by religions and then also you know, mis misinformed attitudes of how a um a, a governance should be run, especially in small town, and who's welcome and who's not. So it was meant to be a cult anyway like they were more culty than anything i don't but i don't appreciate the double take on this though um i think it's important for art forms to not always obviously but it's important to like sort of have a view um 
because if, if you don't have a view then you're not really showing anyone anything and like people aren't really gonna i don't i find it hard to his point here is that like yeah movies um can take a stance on things books can take a stance on things they can tell a story they can tell a perspective um that you're not used to perhaps seeing but games let you do one better and that games let you choose your own because games are interactive and i think that's a bit of bullshit because if you're giving people the choice surely you're just going to get them to sort of zero in on what they already know uh yeah i feel like it's very wishy-washy definitely wishy-washy a lot of people are actually like there is a criticism of ubisoft by saying that in in not saying that they're taking a specific stance they're just leaving themselves open so they don't disgruntle a certain group of people for their sales of their game so they don't and you know take an actual stance yeah. they're just you know they're leaving it open book so you know but it's like if if you're just picking a city why pick that city you you know, mm. you know what i mean i have never been to america but i know there are a lot of cities over there and there it doesn't are. have to be washington dc that you set your you know as the setting um for your dystopic uh, game your game where you know people are making very hard decisions about how to get by hour to hour um anyway uh, i mean they're they're definitely like not they they definitely have an agenda with all the games that they've been releasing where they you know it's it's like come on how stupid do you think we are when the games and the environments that you're setting up are definitely a criticism or critique on the environment of today and the you know issues of today like whether they should have to take a stance like a definite stance of saying yeah this is what we're trying to say yeah i guess they're free to do whatever they want as long as they like they're saying that they're giving you the option to interpret it then like you know Mm. i guess we have to see that uh on the uh in the news there's actually a theme i didn't realize this when we put our agenda together but there's a very clear theme um between the three big items we're talking about this week and that is sort of end of the world i think (laughs) um so the the other bit of news or the second bit of news that sort of leads into um our our theme this week is we happy few um we happy few which is due for release soon i believe um it was recently banned by the australian ratings board they they uh basically refused classification in australia which means that the game can't be distributed here uh and after being petitioned uh are now reviewing the the initial decision to uh, refuse classification. So they're going to take another look at it, whether or not they're going to let it in the country. The reason that they didn't let it in um, was about the drug use in the game. So uh, if you haven't seen this game, or if you haven't heard, it's basically this world where uh, it's like a really Orwellian sort of uh, place. I think it's London that it's set in, and it's um, this world where people take uh, happy happy drugs i forget what they're called in the game but you take these drugs and it's basically like a mind control agent and in the game if you actually choose to take these drugs um it actually lowers the difficulty so it sort of incentivizes you to take these pills in a certain way um you could see it as incentivizing or you could probably Mm -hmm. argue that it's um incentivizing you not to if you want a more challenging who knows i don't care the point is it's obviously not um painted positively these drugs these drugs are the issue with the game um but just based on that arb we're like no we don't want that in australia we don't want our kids 
um, you know, doing drugs because they think it's easy or whatever the the big wigs up at ARB say. Um, <laughs> the the petition, the ARB, the, the ARB, the ARB. <laughs> Fuck the AR. Like, how many games are they going to really ruin? Seriously. I just don't understand, like... It's like now they're taking the stance and putting their foot down. Like they were going to stop um, Detroit Become Human because of the the scenes of like well, I think they're referring to it as like child abuse or like aggression with like you know against children. Yeah. Um, and I was waiting for that scene, so it wasn't <laughs> like I I wanted to see what was so bad. Like why? Like and I don't like this is where it comes from where I say I don't understand why is. Like there's certain things that have just that are out there, they're out in the system that they haven't even attempted to ban that are a bunch of times worse than these things that they're actually picking up on. Like it, it really is. It's, it, but it draws attention to it in a weird way as well. I think a lot of this stuff, um, a lot of this stuff, I feel like I'm desensitized to. Uh, mm. I can see really graphically violent things now, and unless it's like huge, like unless it's like Antichrist. Like that fucking crazy Lars von Trier film that ruined me when I watched it a few months ago. Um, I can I can tolerate it. Um, it's weird how that kind of draws attention to these moments, though, when uh, what seems sort of arbitrary, especially when you consider it amongst like the wide world of games. When you think of all mm-hmm. the games you've ever played and all the moments in all the games you've ever played and how like effed up things can really be, um, they draw it to like that one thing. Um, the petition no or the petition to repeal this sort of ban and get the game reviewed again are just arguing uh quite correctly and contextual like the bringing context to the situation just to say that this game uh is portraying drug use in a really negative way uh because the drugs are actually mind controlling agents um and i think it's really cheap to sort of look at just how the game and the mechanics or the the sorry the um I'll say the story and the mechanics work together to tell a really interesting tale because I think it's really interesting the way that they work mm. with um, uh, the difficulty setting. It's not too dissimilar in my mind from the Fractured But Whole, uh, which <laughs> I can't believe that didn't get an, a, like a look at all by the ARB about um, how the skin color of your character can determine the difficulty setting in the game. Um, like mm-hmm. that's commentary, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, and contextually that, is really clever um commentary but this this just really seems to be a bit bit of like a bit of hysteria i think from from i don't want to like blame old people but it seems like it seems like what your your grandma would complain about if you know what i mean you know what big shout out to um the developers of we happy few that their game got enough of a um you know enough attention that the arb actually focused on it um yeah. Uh, but then it goes. It really goes to show, like, at what, like, like, what did, like, are they just reading like a little synopsis of what the game's about or whatever? Is that is that how they judge it, or do they watch playthrough? Because I doubt it just it. really seems like they're ill informed. Like, well, it's it's a it's a. Oh, let me let me put this to you. It, it's a really weird time at the moment in video games where all of a sudden we're talking about how. Um, how people emulate the things that they're seeing and experiencing when playing video games. Mm. And obviously, um, the two big drivers of this, I think, are Fortnite and obviously the, uh, I don't know if you'd call it like the increase in gun violence in America or just gun violence in general in America and the spotlight that it's had in the last 12 months. 
But yeah. it, this is like this is really it. It's these two driving forces: PUBG, Fortnite, and then gun violence and emulation. Uh, I think that that draws more attention to how we consume games as a medium, and this is just kind of like a it's a it's a red flag. Drug use is a red flag in general, mm. and if you buy into the idea that people will do what they see, like the fucking ludicrous idea that people are going to do shit because they did it in a video game, then you can kind of see where people are will, will sort of bend or or maybe will sort of make a call that they wouldn't necessarily agree with you know you know what uh, yeah i like i agree i think that's a very fair statement because i've got to be honest after playing octopath traveler i did decide to um actually go to the streets and start dancing for money Um, i i I thought that that was actually going to be a good option for me because it seemed like that that's the way to uh redeem yourself in life as a life lesson really ali that's crazy because i went outside of my pickaxe and started hacking at the local mine just getting a little bit of ore just to take home and craft into some new boots uh, that i can take down to melbourne with me this weekend um it's yeah it's ridiculous and uh, i don't know anyway it's this it's scapegoating i think all gamers agree and um definitely yeah that's it let's let's leave it at that uh the last little uh thread of end of the worldism um (laughs) This one's kind of cool. I like this one. I like talking about this subject too. Uh, AI. It's it's AI. Everyone's favorite um, way to end humanity. Um, a company is actually developing uh, the perfect AI for Dota 2, uh, which will ideally be able to play, outplay humans, any human in any situation, not too dissimilar from the way that the, I forget the name of the program, but like the way they did it with chess so that now chess is completely like cracked. You cannot play chess against um, AI and win if the AI is actually playing at like harder setting because there's only, I read 35 different moves you can make at any time and it knows what you're going to do if you do this and then that, it'll just get you. God damn. I know, I know. Isn't this cool? Um, <laughs> no, this is, uh, this is a company called OpenAI. Uh, it's a research lab and I just want to call out like a couple of metrics that they, or a couple of, sorry, a couple of things that they have to work with here, challenges they have to overcome basically. And this is kind of a, this is really, I think, a, a, a like an indictment of just how far this has come. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, in chess, like I said a moment ago, there's about 35 different moves you can make at any time. So um, between moves, which however long, there is between that uh like between your moves however much time there is between that there are 35 different actions you could take and it has to compute based on what you do what the next 35 are and what the best move to make is at any given moment in a game of dota um at any frame between frames there's about a thousand different actions a player can take apparently um a thousand different ways you could move a thousand like that's everything attack Mm -hmm. um leave teleport whatever um it's it's amazing uh so it's got to sort of work that out frame by frame by frame to then work out how to beat you um they're trialing this at the moment mm-hmm. and i think it's great do you really i do what 
what are you worried about? Are you worried that the AI is going to learn Dota and then come and murder everyone? Or like, yeah, that, that's exactly AI, it. Like, like any AI Dota player, <laughs> this one's actually going to like go through with its actions of telling you that's going to you know kill my kill my family because I was such a shit player. Um, it's it really is AI emulating what happens in video games that we need to worry about more than people. I think um, it's not. It's it's, <laughs> it's cool. I think so. Is it the question? Is is it, is it learning from itself, or is it just something that they've kind of inputted into the system? Like it's just straight up someone's kind of programmed all possible options, or do, are they? Because like, mm. I think from what I remember reading of a blurb was that they were learning to work together, like in the game, like <laughs> AIs were learning to work together I, as a team to defeat the humans. Um, I, I look. T- I don't know specifically um, how they're doing it typically the way you develop ai you train a basically what's called a neural network and you train it by um getting it to experience uh what it needs to do if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. the way the simplest way i can sort of explain it is with chatbots so if you if you've spoken to a chatbot recently there's a strong chance that it wasn't actually Mm -hmm. a real person like if Mm -hmm. you're just going through a company or whatever and the way they train those is that they'll basically feed a bunch of scripts um into the chatbot to sort of show how conversations have gone before and it can then work out what like the most appropriate answer is based on the the thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations that it's been trained to to um to follow so they'll typically i mean that's one example and and a lot of other um tools like ai tools work very similarly so i imagine it'd be something Mm -hmm. like that it'd have to be the article, like the title of the article, um, is AI trains for thousands of years to master Dota 2. So I can only imagine that that's sort of uh, just a bunch of simulations just running and running and running. Um, wow. But it's cool. I think it's cool. I think people, uh, my dream is that no one has to work, that AI does everything for us and that we can all just kind of like venture around the world and do whatever we want. Have and, you played to try to become human yet? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Um, I guess that this is where my concerns kind of stem from. So. Well, we need to be active. Um, I'm sure I can guess at some of the some of the the questions in in Detroit Become Human. I, I've actually avoided <laughs> a lot of Detroit Become Human because I do intend to get around to it eventually. Um, but yeah, well, uh, we've got to be active. We can't be passive about how this technology is developing because it's doing it anyway. So you've got to be part of this conversation, or else you're going to be taken over by the robots. That's all I'm saying. I mean, look, as, like after playing Detroit Become Human, there's nothing that I want more than like an attractive android just like hanging out and just doing whatever I ask them to, <laughs> um, and then knowing that like they they they're accepting of who I am and all the sass and bitchiness that comes with it, and they're like, "Yeah, Ali, I'm still cool with you," and I'm like, "Thanks, get me a drink," um, but then. You just the want, fact that you, you just want like a play thing. That's what you want, Ali. Isn't that what we all want? I mean, fair really, point. when androids point. when android <laughs> when androids come along, when the big tit booty bloody androids come out, everyone will be getting those. I, I mean, why not? Uh, actually, on that note, um, go to hashtag me dot co.nz i think it is i'll get that link in a moment um but friend to friend to this uh friend to a bit in the podcast um fid uh did an article recently i think it was fit it was either fit or crease it was i think it was fit fit did an article recently after going to sexpo 
and talking to the creators of a sex robot. So Ooh. very interesting read. Give it a crack. Um, anyway. Uh, well, my point being is like as much as I have a keen interest in this like wonderful future of androids and everything like that, I worry about fast progression and I still feel this is a little bit fast for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm an old woman, but I'm just scared <laughs> like like that one twang where like someone's forgotten to do something or they've gotten a little bit too enthusiastic and like they're they're deciphering movements within frames like they know what's the next move kind of thing like that so it's like we're not even going to be tricking androids at this point in time you might as well be talking about dracula like what your visualization of uh, like this sentient robot thing is is purely fictional. Um, don't like, don't worry. It will treat you right when it comes around. They know how to open doors, Sam. Robots know how to open doors. That, that, okay. That robot that opened the door looked particularly scary. <laughs> I'll give you that. It does. It did look particularly like end of the world. Gangly frame, like it looked like, a lot uh, like the um. It looked a lot like that Black Mirror episode, uh, with the robot. It. Oh my god, you gotta watch. If you oh dude, you've gotta watch it. There's an episode. It's like purely um saturated in like black and white, and it's all about the end of the world from these AI robots that are like indestructible. You should check it out. How on topic. Um. But- yeah. Mm. I don't know, maybe maybe this will solve my problem of never being able to find someone to play a game with online if we just put, like, all these really smart AI bots in and they can just play games with me instead. You'll never know the difference. I will you... never know the difference. How do you know if I'm AI, Ali? What if I'm AI and you just don't know? They've, they've gotten so good and you, you were incubated and you only find out right now if you choose to believe me. Red pill or blue pill, what's it going to be? Um, I'd probably give some like heartwarming tests where I say something really, really sweet, something very kind and, you know, heartfelt to you. And if the response is like, if the response is like, oh, I feel the same way too, Ali. I'm like, fucking Android. Android. Kill it. Yeah. But we're learning. And now I know the right answer to say is not that. Oh, shit. Uh, Anyway, that is the news for this week. Um, Very, very on point, I think, this uh, end of the world thing. I'm kind of, happy even though that was a little accident uh so we are now going to look at the itunes review of the week itunes review of the week uh i like this itunes review of the week this is someone who uh who gets it i think this is someone who just really really gets it uh this is coming to us this week from viva la dill Hmm. Um, the, the, uh, review, sorry, I forgot what I was reading from here. Uh, the review says, hashtag stay hungry, five stars. Thank you very much, Viva Ladil. And he goes on to say, he or she goes on to say, I should say, uh, I don't know if emojis work on iTunes reviews, but if they did, I'd give this a solid hands in the sky hype times five. I think I know which emoji that is. I know everyone knows that emoji. And it's the best emoji. Oh, really? It's it's the emoji you see anytime someone says something empowering or awesome or just wants to give praise. Mm-hmm. And I'm picking up what you're putting down, Viva Ladil. I too wish you could use emojis in iTunes reviews because I've really, uh, really learned how to articulate myself lately using emojis. And I think I've come up with one that no one, like an emoji combo that no one's using. It's a secret emoji combo that no one knows about. I'll share it with everyone right now, though, because I want to mm-hmm. see it take off. Um, 
you know how there are fists like one fist pointing left one fist pointing right ali yes uh, maybe you see where i'm going with this fist bump fist bump i'm hmm. not seeing this anywhere i might be looking in the wrong corner of the internet but uh i want to see more fist bumps out there and viva la Dill, if you had uh your own itunes account i'd go and review you and give you a fist bump too thank you so much for the itunes review well, i just might dylan from explosion network <clears throat> Ah, it is too. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Had Dylan, guess who's getting a fist bump on his fucking uh, review? You, buddy. <laughs> getting a good old fist bump. You're going to get it first, and you're going to hear this second, and then you're going to get it. Then you're going to understand. If I, want, if I want my own emoji, I see. I always have to put them next to each other. It's like the really sus smiley face looking to the side. But then I also put a cup of tea next to it, which is kind of like my sassy fucking emote. So I just, I need that cup of tea in front of the dodgy <laughs> smiley face because that's, that's pure sass. What if you did, my walls are getting painted, that face, cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> they probably think I was on my, my period. Oh my God. Yeah, I let's end the podcast on there. that. I would never yeah. have gone <laughs> Uh, now you two can leave a review by heading over to iTunes and dropping some love there. It is, of course, the thing we love to see and it lets us know that someone out there, someone, somewhere out there, someone, just someone out there is listening and hopefully loving. Much like Viva La Dill, he's about to get a fist bump, Dylan from the Explosion Network. Apologies for not identifying that at the start. I'm a shit person. But I got you, Dylan. you two can do that and maybe I'll come over to your wall, tweet, Twitter account, Facebook, whatever, and give you a left fist, right fist, fist bump. Or paint it. Or paint the walls, whatever. Uh, so feel free to go there. You can also see us at Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Spotify now. Ooh, and Google. I, I think, a yeah, Google's got a little... Now? Yeah, I think Brendan's done all the paperwork. He's filled in the forms. He sent that off to, to, to Mr. Google himself to get that sorted out. Mm. Um, yeah go there now you can also go to 8bit.net to check out more from the 8bit family and if you are on twitters and any of the socials hit hashtag 8bit collective to find all of the amazing shows that are part of this podcast um network shows like i could name one ali but i'm, I'm kind of sorry my hand you can't see it from the camera i'm pointing oh. to you i'm gesturing to you now ali give me one shot oh, from the 8bit collective from the 8bit collective well, we have Dash Culture, we have House of Mario, mm-hmm. we have we have a, a wrestling thing, a red wrestling podcast, which I've actually been kind of snooping into. A as, bit of mania. Uh, as, yeah. Yeah, as, as, as WWE is slowly coming to the shores of Melbourne. So definitely keep your eye out on 8-Bit Mania. Uh, I speak giant. Um, putting in work. Forever Movie Boys. Forever Movie Boys. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, and I'm sure there's more in with. <laughs> We've totally offended one podcast that we didn't mention. Uh, whoever that is. Uh, that is how extensive the bloody network is, guys. Yeah, like, you've got to go to Asia check that hashtag. To see it. Yeah. Um, but do go. Check them all out. They're all fantastic podcasts. They're all very different podcasts as well. It's not all gaming. Some of it's wrestling. Some of it's movies. Some of it's uh, D&D. Some of it's like this. Some of it's that. Some of it's current affairs. And you should listen to current affairs. We sort of hit some of that shit tonight, Alec. We got really political tonight. We really did. This might have been a sub-episode of It Is What It Is. Sorry, Cruz, for stealing your show. 
Uh, <laughs> don't think he feels threatened at all. No, no. <laughs> at all. We just don't have them uh, them hot takes like he does. Uh, yeah. So that is it for another week. Is there anything special you want to drop? Any any Anything you want to plug, Ali? Uh, I actually have nothing to plug. So um, you can just check me out on the social medias at Miss Ali Hunt. Okay, and you can find me at Salim TD. One thing I will plug, so that sex robot um, article interview uh, that I mentioned, it is in fact hash, uh, sorry, hashtag me.co.nz. Um, it's a brilliant little tech um, online tech magazine, so go and check them out. Uh, the other thing as well is we have the AGPN uh, sort of Melbourne meet and greet this weekend uh, oh, down right. in Bartronica in Flinders Lane in the heart of Melbourne. Fantastic little gaming bar. If you want to come by and see some of us there, you can. Um, the AGPN is the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. It is all about um, podcasting and uh, games and hobbyists getting together and just talking about the creative medium that we love. So if you want to come by, um, feel free to come and do that. Ali laughs to herself because she knows that we're not really, we're not really there to talk. We're there to drink. We're there to party. We're a party. Pretty animal. much. We're a party animal crew. We're there to fist bump and paint your walls. And on that note, I think we will wrap up uh, for another week for episode 109. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.